Hi, my name is Thad Lanthrop. I'm the executive pastor here, and I'm glad that you can be with us as we continue on with our Rebuild Message series. The last couple of years have been chaotic and unsettling. There's been many opportunities and reasons to get get into anxiety and fear, to become depressed, to have relational struggles. And I look back on some of the ways that I've handled the pandemic, and I just see failure. Early on, I got really into the COVID numbers and trying to figure out when is this thing going to be over? When is the two weeks to stop the spread really going to stop the, the spread? And I realized that what was happening was as I got really into trying to figure it out, looking at the numbers, my trust was shifting from God into what I could see in, in the numbers of things. And that was producing this anxiety in me. I needed to repent, ask God's forgiveness, and get back to trusting him rather than what I could see. You might have a similar story like that where you look back and you see some ways that you you failed during the pandemic. The nice thing about the last couple years is nobody did it perfectly. Nobody's been through a pandemic before, and so we all have mistakes. That gives us this common ground of how can we rebuild, how can we move forward together and Put our life on the truth of the Bible so that we can take some positive steps ahead together. The Bible is clear that these failures that you might be feeling from the pandemic, they don't define us. Pastor Matt did a great job last week of explaining how we can put the breastplate of righteousness on when we fail. We can repent, ask God's forgiveness, put on that breastplate of righteousness, and move forward, trusting that we're righteous because of what Christ did, not because of our own actions. But what about relating to people? Over the last couple of years, it's been tense because of all the pressures and the things that have been going on. More than any time in my lifetime, the pandemic season has me wrestling with the opinions and ideas and thoughts of my friends and family. And these opinions are strong. People feel very strongly about things that two years ago we weren't, we wouldn't even have thought we would have been talking about. There's a good reason to have these strong opinions. The decisions that we've had to make over the last couple of years have been seemingly life and death. And I have strong opinions about what's gone on and what I believe about certain things. Part of that is because I've experienced the way that these opinions and thoughts on COVID and keeping people safe and how that has played out. In the summer of 2020, my wife and I had to fight so that both of us could be in a doctor's appointment with my seven-year-old who was having seizures. We both wanted to be at the neurologist as this important doctor's appointment. They were saying only one person could be there. I also, this last summer, the hospital had shut down visitors, and I had to drop my wife off in the emergency room. She's sitting in a wheelchair. Her heart rate is 160 beats per minute while she's sitting there doing nothing, half asleep, and they wouldn't let me go back and advocate for her care. So there's a reason people have strong opinions about things, because they've experienced things in the last couple of years that they never thought 
they would have to experience. And it just seems like everything is either you're pro this or anti-vat. You're pro or anti-lockdown. You're pro or anti-vaccine. You're pro or anti-mask. Pro or anti-social justice. This is the rhetoric that is out there in our culture, that is out there in the media, and it causes us to think that way too. So we think you're for us or you're against us based on your opinions on things. I remember when my family first started getting back out after the initial lockdowns, we were convinced that that's what we needed to do. We needed to get out and be around people in person. And there was just this uneasiness of getting out and about with people, wondering, well, if we get with these people, what what do they think? Where are they at on all this? Do we need to wear masks? Do we need to... um Stay, keep our distance. Should we only do outside things? What are people going to think? Are they going to think we're irresponsible because we're getting back? There's just all these strong opinions out there and it was awkward to get out and about. And there was just, there's just the spirit of judgment right now in our culture and relationships have been damaged because of differences of opinions. Now, fortunately for us, this is not a new phenomenon that is going on. The Bible is full of help for how to navigate different opinions in a a community. So let's take a look and see some of the principles and how we can move forward and rebuild and reconnect in this time of all these different opinions and and everything that's going on. Let's start by looking at a verse, Colossians 3.11. And this gives us a, a picture of the different types of people that were relating in the Bible in the New Testament time after Jesus Christ had died and raised from the dead. Take a look at this. It says, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, Slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Christ is what unifies the people in the church. But there's Jews and Greeks that had very different cultures, very different customs that they were used to. So the context for what is going on in the early church is that these people had different views and held them very strongly on how to live life. What does that look for? And that's very helpful for us right now as there's so many different opinions going on in our culture. So let's take a look at the Bible's guidance for how to relate to one another with different opinions. These principles are for people who are relating in the the church, but these really help when you apply them outside of the church relationships as well to your families at work in your neighborhoods, among your friends. So let's dive into God's wisdom and what he says in Romans 14 about how to relate to each other. Romans 14.1 says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. So the first principle that we see here is welcome the weak and refuse to fight about opinions. Now this passage is aimed at more mature Christ followers. So when it's talking about the weak, what what it is saying is the burden of keeping unity in the church is on the more mature, not the younger ones in the faith. Romans 14, 1 again, it says, but not to quarrel over opinions. 
What, what does this opinions mean? The New Testament was originally written in the Greek, and uh, it's helpful to look at either like the definition of the Greek word or how the tran- different translations of the Bible treated that word, because it's not an easy translation into English. And so for this word opinions, it's translated in other translations of the Bible, disputable matters or doubtful things. And so what what's being talked about here is um, things that aren't clear cut in Scripture. I tend to think of opinions as my favorite brand of coffee or what um, type of music that I like. And that, that's part of it. But it's more than that. It's It's really this disputable matters is the Bible doesn't say this is how you should do this exact thing. And so you have to take the Bible and apply it, and there's different ways that people can apply it. Those are their opinions on how to live out their faith. So we refuse to quarrel over these differences of opinions. That's what it's talking about here. It also says welcome. Welcome the person who's weak in the faith. And what this is talking about is extending gracious hospitality to people who have a weaker understanding of the faith than you have. They're fully in the faith, but they're still working out how it's going to play out. So they might see something as black and white. This is right, but you do it differently when it's really one of these gray areas. And so it's saying welcome these people in. Don't quarrel over these opinions on things that aren't black and white, right and wrong in the scripture. People come into church all different kinds of backgrounds. We bring different preferences to church life. Some have a fancier taste. Some have a a, uh, less fancy, frugal approach to life. That's not a right or wrong thing. If we're living in line with the principles God has given us to live in line with our money. So some things that people come into church life with and we look at and think, oh, I wouldn't do life that way. It's not something that's forbidden. It's just something that is a different opinion, a disputable matter in how we live out our faith. So every church is made up of people who have different yet really sincere thoughts and opinions on issues where God gives us wiggle room. Parenting is a huge way that this comes into play. I have very strong opinions on my parenting, and everybody has really strong opinions on how they make decisions as parents because we love our kids, and how they turn out is going to have a big impact on our quality of life. We want what is best for our kids. And so things on what like what we feed our kids, how we educate our children, medical decisions that we make for our kids, these are emotionally charged decisions because of how much we care about them and how much it impacts our life. And it's so tempting to make a really strong quick strong case for why my family does things and why that is the right way to do it. We might make this kind of a case for different reasons. Maybe we're insecure about the way that we're doing things, and so we want to get people on our side so it it makes us feel like we're doing it the right way. Or we might really be convinced 
that the way I'm doing it is right. And I want what's best for people, so they need to do it my way. So I'm going to push for them to do it my way. We have to be careful in these opinion areas. Not to push our way on others, but to give them freedom, to give them space, to work out their faith in their ways so that it doesn't cause disunity because we're butting heads on an opinion matter. So we see these types of things all over the place in our culture right now. People are trying to punish others for doing things the way that they think they should do them. This is a vaccinated party only or an unvaccinated party only or whatever it may be. But God says, make room and receive people who disagree with you on disputable matters. Show gracious hospitality in these ways where you don't think the same way as somebody else. When the Bible doesn't say it has to be this way. There's issues there are some issues that just aren't clear to us. They're in the middle of the spectrum. So everybody has to look at the principles in the Bible and make the best judgment call for their family and their situation. The big idea here that we're looking at in Romans 14.1 is there are many actions that are acceptable where the scripture isn't clear. The next thing that we're going to look at that's equally important is we need to accept with grace. Word of caution about accepting people with grace is that we need to really be careful not to confuse accepting people with grace for compromising for what are the essentials of the Christian faith. There are non-negotiables that are worth putting a stake in the ground and not compromising on. We call these our statement of faith. It's uh, CIV's statement of faith is our core essentials about the key areas in the Christian life um, that are, are the truths in the Bible. You can look at this uh, web page that is on the screen or in the handout. That has a list of our statement of, of belief, what we believe. There's a more complete list that is in our membership class, our Discover class. The goal of Church in the Valley is for us to have unity on these central Christian beliefs, liberty on the non-essential beliefs, and to show love in all of our beliefs. So Romans 14, 2 and 3, it talks about accepting people with grace. Look at what it says here. It says, one person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Now I want to stop right there real quick and just say, that the weak person here eating vegetables, I know some people are, are out there are vegetarians, and so I don't want you to get stuck in this concept, but the contrast here is that one person believes that he may eat anything, while there's a person who only eats vegetables. They believe that you can only eat vegetables. So the person is weak in their faith because of their belief that you can only eat this one type of food where the Bible has said all foods are clean. Jesus said all foods are clean. So you can be strong in your faith and only eat vegetables. That's okay. The key part is what do you believe about the food? Are you making an essential out of eating only vegetables when it's really in this gray area and it's a matter of personal preference, personal opinion? So let's keep moving on and seeing what it says here. 
Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. Let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats. For God has welcomed him. Unity builds us as we keep in mind this truth in mind. If God has accepted them, then who am I to reject them? What's difficult here is that it's really hard for us to believe that there's another valid opinion when we've spent a lot of time investigating, looking into certain areas of life, and we believe really strongly that we should act in this way. It's hard to think there's another opinion that's valid in the Scripture when we do that. In the Old Testament, God had given rules on which food was clean and unclean to eat. And so people were used to following these dietary rules. And then Jesus came along and he declared all food is clean. And so you know there were so many strong opinions about what we should eat, what we shouldn't eat. And it's so easy to keep making those old dietary laws part of the new faith in a relationship with Jesus. But Jesus said all foods are clean. And that's what they're getting at here in uh, Romans 14. There's many issues like food that are just not essential. Instruments. You know, some churches don't allow certain types of instruments because they, they, they think it's wrong to have those as a part of the worship service. The style of music, rock, country, classical, Bible translations can be a divisive issue. Whether you should watch R-rated movies or not can be a divisive issue. There's a wide range of opinions on guns and tattoos and political issues. But the Lord leaves it up to us to use our best judgment on these kinds of matters. And what we need to do is have the grace to give space. We need to have the grace to give people space to take the Bible and apply it to their lives in the way that they see is fit, because ultimately they are accountable to God for the decisions that they make. So another principle for how to relate to people when we have all these different opinions going on is refuse to judge. It's sometimes so difficult to hold our tongue with others when we hold a different opinion with them. And even if we hold our tongue, we must fight these thoughts of judgment where God gives freedom. Take a look at Romans 14.4. It says, Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld for the Lord is able to make him stand. The Greek word here uh, for past judgment, or the, the more thoughtful, more thought out definition, or uh, the more well-rounded thing of what it's talking about is to call in question. So this is saying, who are you to call into question the behavior of the servant of another? That's God's job. He's, we are servants of God. He's the one who is the one who, who judges what it is that we do. There were many Jewish folks in the early church who held on to these dietary law, laws like we've talked about a little bit already. And that's why this passage really focuses on these dietary laws. And God was very clear. All food is clean. 
and we're free to eat anything. So in God's mind, it's not a, it's not a major issue whether you're a vegetarian or a meat eater. It's a matter of preference. The Bible is clear that we answer to God on everything we do in life. He is our judge. We also need to make up our own minds about things. Romans 14, 5 and 6 says, One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. Here we see that the driving motive for the Christ follower is for informing an opinion is to please God. Look at verse 6 again. It says, The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to him. I answer to God for my choices. You answer to God. For your choices. For me, over the years, my preferences and opinions on things have have changed. Earlier in my life, I would have never thought we would be doing uh, education for our kids the way that we have chosen. Now, if I would have made a divisive stand on my opinions early in my life, it just would have been a complete waste because many preferences and opinions of mine have changed. They've dissipated over time. That is what Paul is saying here. He's saying, be convinced in your own mind, but be careful not to drive division over disputable matters. Mature Christ followers are the ones who move beyond personal preference. And later on in Romans 14, we get this overarching, broad perspective that shows us what what we're aiming for. As we're relating with each other. Take a look at Romans 14, 19. It says, so then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. We need to focus on peace and building each other up. Peace is so important to God. The most mature in the Christian life, they run towards peace. Even to the point of limiting their freedoms out of consideration for the other people that are around them, for those who are weaker, who who see things more black and white, the more mature will limit what they're doing to be a help to those around them, to build them up. To use the food example, if you come over to to my house or you invite somebody over, have vegetarian dishes if somebody's a vegetarian. Don't have a bunch of meat that they're not going to eat. When our goal is to have peace and to build each other up, the opinions that we have on things don't seem to matter as much. So what what do we do with all of this, with all this instruction, this guidance, this help in Romans 14, as we're rebuilding and reconnecting with people after the pandemic? Here's some next steps that you might want to take in response to God's word this morning. My next step today is to clear up relationships that have been broken during the pandemic. Maybe you have some relationships that are strained that that you need to clear up. 
They need to need to ask forgiveness and give forgiveness. Take some time this week. Pray through Romans 14. Ask God, is there ways that I've quarreled over opinions? Is there ways that I've passed judgment and that has caused me to relate to people differently? Or is there ways that I've chosen a, a preference over considering someone else? If you've failed in some way this past year, welcome to the club. I've had to clear it up with my kids when I've been harsh with them. The, the pressures of everything has, has caused relational conflict that I've had to go and ask forgiveness uh, from people. But do that. Ask forgiveness. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with others. Make peace in building people up. Your aim and the preferences and the opinions are important. You can have conversations about them, but it's, you're not going to fight about them. It's not going to cause a break in the relationship. Another next step that you might want to take is to join a group here at CIV. The goal of CIV's groups is we want to relate like the Bible talks about. Take care of each other. We build each other up. We live at peace with one another. I hope that you consider joining a group. Take a look at the catalog and see which night would work for you, what location is a good location for you. But joining a group, well, you'll get to experience what we've talked about here, where it's a diverse group of people who have different opinions on things, yet we can all live together in peace, have unity on the essentials, and have differences in the way that we live out our Christian faith. And then... Another next step might be to investigate becoming a member at CIV by attending either our CIV preview, if you haven't done that yet, or the Discover CIV class, if you've already done the preview. Here's the steps to exploring membership at CIV. You go to the CIV preview, that's step one. Um, That is where we're going as a church. And then the Discover CIV is how we'll get there, our essentials and what we believe and how we're going to get to um, the mission that God has given to us. And then uh, the third step is commit. It's just to commit, join, become a member. The types of rela- the type of relating that's talked about in the New Testament assumes that you're committed to this local group, this local group of believers, a, a local church. And membership at CIV is saying, I believe the essentials that CIV believes I commit to helping accomplish submission and relating the way that the Bible talks about relating. So I hope that you'll, you'll take that step. Investigate. Start figuring out if you want to become a member, if you are ready to commit and be a part of our church. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you have given us the guidance that we need that with all the strife and differences of opinions in the world, we can choose to to pursue peace in the middle of it. We don't have to make our opinions be things that divide our relationships, but our opinions can be our opinions. We can hold them strongly, and yet we can still live at peace with one another, show consideration and love each other in the middle of our differences. It's amazing how you've made that to work and the guidance that you've given us Help us to choose peace and to build each other up this next week and in 2022. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.